let's be this. And so I just kind of responded to it. And pretty soon I'm fucking her like every day. Mm. And it was, it was euphoric. Welcome to another fabulous episode of Tickle Dot Life podcast. And I'm your hostess with the mostest, Gaia Morissette. So today I have this awesome, awesome guest that you've, he's been on the show before. He was actually my very first interview and I've brought him back because, you know, I want to have a really honest conversation about penises and how sometimes they aren't always cooperative and how sometimes they don't always show up when we want them to. And, you know, and how that affects many, 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 many men all over the world. So, you know, I'm going to have him introduce himself. What's your name? Hey, Chris Hoffman. And uh, what would you say is, um, your, how would you identify? What's your title? Oh, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a tough one. I'm, I'm sort of like a gender bending innovator. So I, I, instead of trying to find my gender expression, I sort of, I'm expanding my gender expression to be like a walking like range of places so I can make really good choices from. So I'm an innovator and a creative person and I want to be able to wander from one end to the other and choose from a place of perspective that's best for each situation. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, so I've started asking all my guests, do they sleep in the nude or with pajamas? Nude. Why? Oh, I just, I don't want anything touching my body. And I, I like the, especially if the sheets are really soft to just kind of like squirm around in the bed a little bit, you know, just kind of feel myself. Nice. Are you a commando or a panty or pant <laughs> underwear? Guy. I, I like I like wearing briefs. I like my junk to be like, you know, held and contained. Secured. Yes. Awesome. All right. So let's talk about erectile dysfunction. Have you explored well, have you experienced it? Let's start there. Oh, it's been a it's been a challenge my entire life. I mean, all the way from being a little kid, I can remember just, you know, like, where's my dick? You know, it just it, it seemed like unless I really had a clear invitation or there was something going on that asked me to get kind of aroused, I just, I just, I just felt really shy and kind of terrified to even get into a, a sexual situation until I was pretty sure I knew what I was doing or what, what it was. So where do you think that that shyness came from or, or the disconnect between the arousal and say your penis? No, I think it's just family shame. I think it's just, I grew up in an environment where nobody talked about sex. And if they did, it was like some terse comment to get it back to avoiding it kind of thing. So the, you know, my sexual awareness was a terrible thing. Mm. And so when did that, what, can you tell me like one of the uh, first experiences where you were in a sexual situation where there was a, an expectation of performance, an expectation that you were going to be erect? What happens? Yeah, like I, I remember uh, talking to a woman in high school uh, into coming home to my house because I knew my parents were at work. So I'm in there and I'm like doing the whole thing. I've got her naked and like gone down on her pussy and like, you know, got her frothed up and she's looking at me like, uh... And, and, and there's a part of me is like, I don't even know what to do with this. I, I don't even know if it's okay to take my t-shirt off. I don't know, to get my dick out, you know, to like, 
I don't know if she's going to laugh at me or my mom's going to come in and scream at me like you horrible demon or something, you know? So mm -hmm. I let the whole experience go by and literally a couple of weeks later, talked to her in the Kamoi house again, did the same thing and still didn't know what to do. Did, still didn't have the courage to even say, you know, is it okay for me to be sexy? Like the, and I'm like, you know, like 16, 17. Mm -hmm. So, and then it was like, I don't know, like another couple of years. I didn't actually have penetrative sex until I was 21. And what happened, like, how did you feel? Like in that period of time around, around your peers, you know, like what was going on internally with you around that? I just felt kind of lost, just. And one of my buddies said, hey man, I heard from so-and-so, you know, like your dick doesn't get hard. And I'm like, uh, okay, that's nice. And, you know, like I had a girlfriend for like a year and a half and we used to go park down by the lake and make out like crazy, you know? And I like, like had her shirt off and sucking on her tits and stuff, but it, it never, I never knew how to get it below my waist. Mm. It just, you know, and she ended up finding some other boyfriend and right away, you know, I heard they were having sex together. And I'm like, damn, you know, like, I just didn't know how to like claim for myself my own sexuality. Was there shame? Were you? Was there? Were, did you feel inadequate? Did you feel shame? Like what was happening internally for you in that moment? Like, like through that period of time of like, you know, the girlfriend goes and gets another boyfriend, has sex. Like what? What? Like what's feel? What are the feelings that are happening for you in those moments? Oh, it's, it's just like that's totally deep, deep, deeper. Yeah, it, it, inadequate, loser, um, you know, worthless. Like, how do I even, like, talk to her again after that? Because, you know, when you're young, you don't know how to, like, even put words into these feelings. So I carried that around for years, that just feeling of collapsed um, worthlessness that, you know, becomes a really deep place to climb out of. Mm -hmm. So how did you climb out of it? It just took... I. <laughs> It's funny, it, it, it took meeting this kind of runaway blonde at a party and, you know, this is before, you know, text messaging and phones. And she says, well, can I have your number? I'm like, yeah, sure. So can I have your address? I'm like, all right, you know. So like the next day she's on my porch, like <laughs> at <of> my house. <laughs> and how old are you? I'm like, uh... 22 or 23 <clears throat> and I'm just packing up to leave town. I'm just packing up to like leave. Detroit. No, this is like in the mid eighties. And so uh, I'm in this transition and I say, well, all right, come on in, you know? And so she comes in and I make her sleep on the couch the first night. And then she just kind of talked her way into my bed and she was so sexy and so willing. And so like, you know, this is her survival path was to be fucking me and like, you know, Let's be this. And so I just kind of responded to it. And pretty soon I'm fucking her like every day. Mm. And it was, it was euphoric. <laughs> it, it was so not complicated. <laughs> we literally left town together. I'm like, she's riding shotgun in my little Chevette with all my worldly possessions in the back of my car. And I've got 700 bucks in my pocket. And I, and at one point we're in Kansas, you know, and I'm like, I look over and like, what the fuck am I doing? You know, and I like pulled over to the side of the road. I said, I need a minute, you know, and I climbed up on this palisade and looked all across Kansas and like, looked at her sitting in my car and like, fuck, 
you know, what am I doing? So we ended up in like Dallas and with some of her friends and sleeping on the floor of somebody's house. But I eventually left her in Dallas and, and went to Denver to hang out with my sister for a while. And then she called my mom and said she owed me money and talked her into giving me my number. She calls me and then hitchhikes up to Denver. So she was pretty crazy. <laughs> but she was so good. It was but your so penis apparently really liked her. <laughs> I did. Oh, and then, yeah. She, so then she moves in and I, and the first, I lose my job because my boss said, if you're late one more night or if you're late one more morning, you're out of here. You know, and I, I could not stop fucking her, you know. So we lost that room and then we ended up in a tent and a campground and the story goes on and on. But Okay, so let's go back to the first time you have penetrative sex. How, how does that work for you? What happens? Tell me about that. Well, actually, it was um, the woman that I dated for a year and a half who ended up getting a new boyfriend. And, you know, two years goes by, maybe three. Hadn't talked to her at all. And she, mess she calls me up out of the blue and says, hey, I understand you got a pickup truck. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> nice talking to you. What have you been up to? I don't know. You know, I just live my life. I got a job and I just got this new apartment and I got this big old couch and I, I, I got to move it now, you know, and you're the last person I would call, but you know, I said, all right, I'm on my way. So I picked up her couch, took it to her apartment, threw it in her apartment. And she like sits down on one end of the couch and I sit on the other end of the couch and she like extends her foot out and sticks it in my crotch. And she's just pressing on my dick, you know, and just, and like, this is kind of awesome. And so we ended up in her bedroom and I still like barely got it together. Like, and I have really had to allow myself, you know, to just be turned on by the situation mm. to just believe that this is all okay. Mm -hmm. And for some reason my dick came around and we had just this, this quick little like three minute fuck. And it was, she was like, was that your first time? I'm like, yeah. She goes, score. <laughs> another, another virgin. <laughs> oh, women can be very interesting, can't they? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's fast forward into, you know, that that sequence of like, you know being in sexual situations where you feel like you're supposed to be aroused, but you actually aren't aroused. What's happening? Like what goes on for you around that? Like those moments and, and, you know, moving in throughout your history. That's uh, let me just, it was so hit and miss for such a long time, like a year would go by and I just wouldn't care, you know, cause I've, I've always been sort of this up in my head engineer guy for, you know, for so long that I'm, I'm totally fine entertaining myself with all this cool shit that I'm building mm -hmm. and women would show up and I would try to connect with that. And we just end up making out a lot and, you know, fingering and stuff like that. But it, but to really want to have sex with them, there was this story that would run and I, this is really kind of personal. It was like my dad's energy was don't say the absolute minimum to get what you want. And like, don't talk to people. And if you talk to people, they might want something from you. So he had this whole story that kind of I inherited was, if you get a little close to somebody, then they're gonna want something. 
And I didn't know how to manage my boundaries with my mom, you know, because she would flood me with all of her emotionality. I didn't know even what boundaries were. So I didn't want to put myself in a situation where I might have to hurt somebody's feelings by having them step back. So to step into it, the threshold was intercourse. Mm -hmm. The minute I do intercourse, I owe somebody something. Mm -hmm. Or I have to talk my way out of it. Or I have to manage some situation. So I had this huge story running of just, oh, my fucking God, I am terrified yeah. to bridge this, this threshold of what the fuck ever. So my dick is like, dude, what the fuck are you thinking about? <laughs> None of this is sexy. <laughs> None of that is sexy thoughts. There's tits and ass in, right in front of you. And it's shops open. Where's your, where are we, dude? Yeah. So what was the conflict? So you're, you're having that conversation. So what's the response? Are you having the dialogue in your head? Yeah. I mean, I talked my, I can think of many, many times. I just talked myself right out of a, like an open invitation mm -hmm. and just let it go by and, you know, ended up driving her home or ended up walking out of her apartment at three o'clock in the morning because I, I got so confused. I didn't even know how to like wake up in the morning to have to explain myself to that. So what was happening with, uh, how are the women responding in those situations? Confused. Like what the fuck was that? You know, like, uh, I just wanted to be close to you. I just wanted to feel you. I just wanted to have my experience with what I thought this night was going to be like. And you know, whoa. So it's hard for you to recover from that. Mm -hmm. So how, where do you move from there? Because I know you've moved long from that story to who you are now is different. So like, like, how do we get to, like, how did you do the transition of moving out of those places to being able to find your voice, to find your boundaries, find all those things? Well, I give a lot of credit to the women that I did finally attract to myself that were just, just really patient and kind. So there was this, uh, you know, once it slowed down enough where I could get out of my head and, and, you know, for a dude, it's sort of like, there's this self-imposed, I got about three minutes to get my shit together and get my cock ready and like be fucking, or somebody's going to get pissed. <laughs> you know? And especially if you get them all frothed up, you know, because I was really good at eating pussy and like lifting up all. on someone's. <laughs> yeah, they're all horny and writhing. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> so even to slow that down, you know, like let's not get the woman all frothed up to a point where she like needs a fucking right now and just slow the whole thing down. So even, even like sleeping over at somebody's house for say, like, I'm not just going to sleep over one day. Like, how about I spend the weekend? So you've got two nights to like, or the whole day to be out together, going to antique stores or do whatever. And just, just connecting to the point where then when you're naked, like you can go to bed early, like just let's go to bed at like eight, you know, Let's get, you know, so there's this collaboration that comes up, like, all right, we'll figure what the sexuality thing is. Mm -hmm. And so in there somewhere, enough things happened that were good that I sort of figured it out. Okay. So what happens now? 
Is that the same scenario that you need that there's all these pieces that that need to be in play for you in order to have that experience if you want to have a penetrative sex? Well, you know, the older I get, the more in, intuitive I get and the more um, the quality of the connection has gone way up. And what I respond to, uh, you know, the sophistication of what I respond to or don't has gone way up. So uh, it's, it's like right now, it's been, I've been out of a relationship for almost three years. But I, there was a period where I had a really beautiful two-year relationship with this woman, and and we just like had sex every night. It was just, it was just, we made fun of the fact that we could count on one hand the times we didn't have sex. Like we had to intentionally like, like we're not fucking tonight. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> but it was so easy because she was so open, and there was literally this little whimper that she would do. It was. As soon as she did the little whimper, my dick was hard. Mm. <laughs> it, was, it was just, that's the game on signal. That, or I'd ask her, like, you, you, do you want to fuck tonight? I'd be like, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I fucking love you. <laughs> and then all the, you know, no matter where we were, you know, on whatever road trip, exhausted, after some party, whatever. So I, I know in my body that I'm capable of that. But after being out of that relationship, my response, like right now, is so far away that it scares me. Mm. Like even playing with myself, you know, masturbating or whatever, it's just like, it's just barely, I barely get it together to connect with myself to get to some place that's with, it's even close to the out-of-body experience of being with a woman who really knows how to connect to, like, to the cosmos. So it's, I, I like, to go into a, like, a, you know, a, a hookup or something like that, no fucking way. Mm. There's no way I'm going to put myself in that situation. I just, you know, unless I'm doing Viagra or something, and then it's, like, a whole nother, you know, headache day after and managing all that and, and, Let's talk I, about that, actually. Let's take a moment to talk about that. Have you okay. done the whole uh, Cialis, Viagra yeah. adventure? So tell me about that. What's yeah. that like? What's, what's, what, what's that been like? And how have, how have you managed and interacted with that? It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a powerful lure to, you know, to use it all the time, you know, when you're playing around. But I've learned to... Like if I'm going to be with a woman for the first time, I'm just kind of insecure. You know, like I just don't want to end up in a situation where my, my dick's offline. So I will take, you know, like a reasonable amount. And that's like a quarter of a 200 milligram Viagra is, is, is enough to sort of like, all right, my dick is going to be around. And then if you're going to like go to a sex party, do half of one, you know, kind of thing. But man, the headaches the next day are awful. It's just polluted feeling. But there's a feeling of it's harder to find your orgasm doing that. And if you take too much, you literally can't think straight. I mean, you can't like hold a reasonable conversation with a woman. You just, your whole body gets kind of agitated. So that's Viagra. Cialis is a little different. If you take it way early, like at noon, it kind of lasts for two days. So you can take a little bit less and then like take a little bit of Viagra before you're going to have sex and you get this little peak kind of thing. 
So I'm a proponent of that. I think it's, it's healthy. I think it's, it takes a lot of anxiety off. But once you're in like a more flowing relationship with a woman, like that woman for two years, it was like, I was fine. Mm. You know, kind of available at any time. And, and maybe sometimes if I knew that something about the day or the, the last couple of days, we really want to have a, a serious romp in the sack kind of feeling, I would take like the tiniest little bit which just makes it a little bit more responsive. And then I also noticed another thing about those drugs that if you're pulling it, you have to get your cock, you manually have to grab your cock and get it moving. But stroking it is not as good as thumping it. Like to just be in front of a woman and just thump your cock on her clit is the perfect thing to do when you're using Viagra or Cialis because it's just, it's just the blood flow kind of, figures out what it's doing. And it's just this simple way to just bring everything online. It is, it's beautiful. And you're looking at your woman and she's like, damn dude, that you've got a gorgeous cock. And I'm like, oh my God, that feels so good. And like, and you just take your time because the confidence level, like my dick will come around. You know, it takes about five minutes or so to kind of like froth it up a little bit and just be patient and you know, and then once you're in the flow, then like, what do you have to say to your woman? So it's okay. Nice. What's one thing. So first of all, I want to say thank you for being honest and vulnerable and talking about something that, you know, is like off the table for most people and, and us having this conversation, you know, I'm hoping is going to inspire many men and women and whatever your identity is, <laughs> you know, and everybody else, um, to really look at this from a different perspective, that it doesn't necessarily have to be, one of the things that I always love to talk about when it comes to, you know, penis not showing up for the party, is that when we take the expectation, so this is what I've taken away from your story, is that when you take out the pressure and the expectation and the performance side of it, and you are like drop into being in the moment, whatever that moment looks like. Um, that's that is the that's the perfect equation that allows that sexiness, that arousal, the the blood circulation, the flow, all of those things to actually be able to happen. But then there's also this beautiful thing that sexy time doesn't have to be about intercourse. Yeah, you know? like true. that's right. Like, there's so many beautiful ways of giving and receiving pleasure that doesn't have to be about penetrative intercourse. Yeah, I remember. I remember later in my, you know, like my embodied self days is, I talked to one of these guys at work, and he said, "Hey, what'd you do last night?" I don't know. And what'd you do last night? Well, I, I had this woman over, and we, you know, we had sex for three hours, and he's like three hours like what could you possibly do for three hours <laughs> i don't know it went by like you know like oh my god three hours just went by you know just you just stay in it you just stay in it you know and just until you're done you know with and was my cock hard in the middle of that a couple of times mm -hmm. but you know we exchanged a lot of energy it's just like the energy part of sexuality is what's really been profound for me like you know, in my body, what do I have to say to you? And how can I, you know, sort of call forward the woman that I want to be with 
through how I interact with her. Mm-hmm. And some women are like blown away by who I call them to be mm-hmm. in my sex. And same thing with them. They, they can call me to be a version of myself that I forgot about. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God, woman, thank you for letting me be that dude. I love that dude. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so what's one thing that you know now that you wish you'd known and could have told the younger version of yourself? Oh, it's just slow down. It's just be present. You know, I'm going to be myself. How about you be yourself? We'll meet in the middle and create something unknown right now. And thank you for being here. And thank you for just being intimate with me. Mm. You know, it's just a call to like, it's the people don't like name the thing and they, and they sort of hope that it's there or, or, I don't know if it really is there or like, it's to say, is, in, excuse me, can I just make sure that intimacy is here? Mm. Are you here? Is permission granted for us to be sexy in whatever way we want to be sexy? And to her, you know, in some way say, yeah, I want to feel sexy too. So mm-hmm. what, you know, remember too, like I'm having my own freak out about trying to be intimate with somebody. And so are they. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> right? And the more you realize that they're having their own little like, oh my God, I hope this guy allows me to be as sexy as, as I want to be and doesn't just fuck me some, like some porn star. You know, they're managing like the threat level of who this dude is. But can we just connect before any of that even starts? Mm-hmm. Oh. Beautiful. Yeah. And your dick will thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I once had this great conversation with a guy, uh, a client of mine, and he was, he kept talking to me about like his penis wasn't showing up for these hookups and his penis wasn't showing up and it wasn't showing up. And I'm like, but why are you, do you even like her? Do you really want to fuck her? Do you, do you, do you like anything about her? And what came, what was really fascinating that he came to this realization that he's like, no, actually it was just, it was presented. So I, I was supposed to take it. So it was like this whole concept that uh, because I have a penis, someone offered sex. I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to have sex because somebody offered sex, whether you wanted to have sex or not, you're supposed to take it because it's you. who knows when it's going to be offered again. Good point. Eat so, when fed. Right? So it was this really interesting concept of like, he, he was, we were exploring. I was like, well, what if you were to be like, hey, actually, I don't know if I want to have sex with you. Or I don't know if I, if there's a connection. Just because you say we want to, you want to fuck me doesn't necessarily mean that I want that in return. And so I, I, I always remember that conversation because often men come to me and they're like, so my penis isn't showing up. And the first question I always ask them is, were you attracted to the person? Did you want to fuck? Were you horny? Those three questions. <laughs> or was it feeling like obligation and you were supposed to because it was presented? Yep. You know? 
And for everybody who's listening, the one thing I would have told myself around being on the receiving end of penises not necessarily showing up for the party is it's not about you. And so that's the one piece that, you know, I want to leave everybody with, you know, that the younger version of me, I wish I had known that it has nothing to do with me. Zero. The only thing my responsibility is to be like, hey, do you want to talk about it? <laughs> and is there anything you need? <laughs> that's it. <laughs> and we can go drink tea instead if you want. <laughs> like it doesn't have to be anything. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Great. Very much awesome. for having this conversation with us. So how yeah, can I people... This... Go ahead. I just feel this big, open, radiant opening towards you. I just love your energy. Aw, thanks, man. <laughs> so how can people spend more time with you? You know, I've got everything that at my uh, Instagram and my website is heart in gear. So heartandgear.com, Instagram, Heart and Gear, Twitter, Heart and Gear, Facebook, Heart and Gear. So follow my stuff. I'm uh, getting ready to build. I want to build this huge costume. I'm, I'm going to be on the Oregon coast for six months, and I want to build this massive costume and do photo shoots in the old growth forest. And I figured out this uh, sensor technology where accelerometers are used, where if I move forward all the lights on the front of this costume will shine forward and if i back up the back lights up and if i move left and right the lighting changes depending on my motion and if i jump up and down only the lights on the bottom turn on so i want to build this like mardi gras costume that has all this lights embedded in it that turns into this spooky kind of tribal dance on you know the kind of like how do we be optimistic and where's our joy and how do we celebrate so I'm going to try to do a Kickstarter and, um, and a documentary film on shooting that. And maybe you'll be done by spring. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. So, audience, thanks for being with us. Uh, make sure you check out all the other episodes of uh, Tickle.Life podcast. You want to spend more time with me, you can find me at succulentliving.com. Don't forget to come listen to my podcast called My Orgasmic Life, which is very juicy and you never know what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> Sometimes it's a little bit too much uh, information. <laughs> All right. Have a juicy day and may it be filled with honest connections with others. Bye-bye. <laughs>